Morning, church. Oh, my word, there's a lot of you there. <laughs> um, we had a good first service. It was nice. And, uh, but I don't feel like I want to preach that one again. Go figure. <laughs> He's going to ad lib. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll keep some of the stuff in here. Um, I'm not really a preacher. I'm not like uh, like Pat or, or, or uh, uh, Pastor, uh, because I couldn't do that. I'm a storyteller, and uh, and that's what Jesus was, and so that's what I am. And I'm not going to get anything else. <laughs> I can shout and jump and do all of that other stuff. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope all your children are born naked. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's the best comeback I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I worked with kids. And that's all I ever wanted to work with is children. I don't do good with adults. I don't play well with adults. I don't. And if Sarah, you, Tom, girls, you know me. <laughs> I don't. And because um, they, they act like adults. And uh, Jesus was walking along, and all of a sudden, a bunch of kids, parents were sending their kids up to Jesus. And the disciples were going, no, 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 don't bring those children up here. They'll just cause a mess. And Jesus says, don't you ever, ever stop a child from coming, from me, coming to me. Not ever. He says, nope. He says, and he brings one in the middle where everybody's at, and he says, for you to get into heaven, you got to be just like this. You got to be childlike. No ifs, ands, or buts. Did he lie? No. Did he say, do you have to grow up, go to theology school, and all of this? No. He said, you got to be like this kid, this child. And I have stayed that way my whole life. <laughs> And I'm not going to change. I can only work with kids. So I'm pretending like you're a bunch of kids just out there. And if I go, hey, stop it, stop it, quit it, get off your phone, then you're, I'm treating you like a kid. Years ago, I uh, was teaching a junior church at First Assembly where the band is from. Is the band not awesome? Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow. Does, does my heart good? Because uh, like Malachi was here, you know, and Kaylee, Callie. Callie was here, and I knew a bunch of the other ones. They, it was just awesome. And I don't know, it's just kids. It's just 
to me it's all about kids. And re, I don't know if some of you might remember, Mary, you might remember when Pastor, um, um, no, Sparks, Sparks said, when you see Dennis running the halls, don't stop him and talk to him. He only works with people this big. You know, so when you come to me and go, Dennis snubbed me, he said, too bad. I only work, he only works with kids this big. Don't stop him. He's going after a child. If you see him bending on his knees, that means he's talking face to face with them. That's what it's about. Okay? And that's the only thing I liked about this job, was being with the kids and letting them know Jesus. You know? When I went out to Delton, Michigan, the, the pastor says, I says, so what do you want me to do? He says, bring kids to God. I said, that's it? He said, yeah, that's it. Just bring them to God. I don't care about anything else. So that's what we did. We did things that we didn't think that we should have done and could have done, but we did. I said, Where's your Wednesday night program? They said, well, we don't have a Wednesday night program. I said, oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I said, who works the schools? They said, well, nobody. I said, well, I'll go up and visit the uh, principals. So I went up to the elementary, junior high, and high school and went into there and, and asked the principal, can I come in at lunchtime and just you know, be with the kids? And they said, yeah, sure. Come on ahead. That, you know, but you can't talk about Jesus. I said, I won't. But if they ask me, I have to answer them. Okay, is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. If they, talk, if they ask, you can answer. I said, okay. So I could lead a kid up there anytime I wanted. <laughs> I didn't say Jesus. I said Jesus. <laughs> no. But I remember the kids. And I remember um, the stories that we, we uh, had. We worked with about 70 kids, 50 to 70 kids in our first group on a Wednesday night. And we had about 70 kids at our second service, which was on a Friday night, which was called Cornerstone. And we worked with them. So we, we were working with about 100. Jan and I were working with about 140, 150 kids. Uh, and we had good, good helpers also, too. And uh, anyway, we uh, uh, would hear stories about the hurting kids. And I mean the heartbreaking stories. And... Uh, they got to me uh, when uh, the one girl the first time I preached came down and told me, she said, uh, my, uh, my father abused me, and uh, is he going to hell for it? And I said, yeah, he will. She said, good, I hope he rots there. I broke my heart. So, 
I told her what I tell most of my kids, like Wade. <laughs> I go, love you. She'd go, yeah, right. I don't want to hear it. And uh, I said, okay, but I do love you. And every time I saw her at school or anything, I would go, hey, sis, how you doing? Love you. Yeah, right. About a year later, I was in Myers on Columbia. And uh, I walked in to get some milk. And um, this girl was there who wouldn't let me get within a yard of her because of problems that she had with family. And all of a sudden, she come running up to me, threw her arms around me, and said, I love you, Pastor Dennis. Well, I did not go out with milk, because <laughs> I had to turn around and leave, because I was like a baby. I was bawling like a baby. And I said, Jan, guess who? I saw in the store, and I told her, and she said, wow. And I said, she told me she loved me. Too many kids are getting hurt. When I was here and had a Club 56, uh, we had about 20 kids in it, right? <laughs> There's one of them. <laughs> And the thing about it was, uh, out of the 20, we had four families that their parents had deserted them, gave them up. Four, you know, each family. There wasn't the same, well, I'm not talking about the same family. Four kids who came from four families who parents had given them up. They were either in prison or they just didn't want them anymore. As I remember the one um, um, uh, caretaker for this one girl said, You know, uh, we were going to take her to her mom's today, but her mom says she doesn't want to see her anymore until she's over 21 because she just can't handle those kids. Think about that one and hearing that and having your mother say that. You know, I'm going to tell you a story and it's going to be terrible. I, we were just with some friends, and she said, you know what my son said about you? This was back when I was at First Assembly. And I said, what? She said, the one he remembers the most, he said, is you came into junior high, and I was working at the junior high at that time, and he said, my son was getting beat up by four or five kids at Lakeview Junior High. Well... <laughs> You don't hurt any of my kids. <laughs> I got a, just started pulling the kids off him and stuff like that. And, and he said, Dennis, he said, all I know is you had one pinned right up against the wall. <laughs> and I went, 
yeah, <laughs> I did. I said, you got to protect them because nobody else is going to know. And uh, I told all the kids, I said, hey, look, if you um, have a problem with an adult, I said, you please let me know. You know, if some adult is not doing the right thing with you, you let me know. I'll take care of the problem. I said, I have a baseball bat. I know that's not very godly. I know, and people are going, well, you should give them Jesus. Well, I will. And uh, anyway, uh, I remember uh, I had a guy come in, and he, uh, I was giving him drug counseling. Not how to take drugs, but... Uh, 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 anyway, uh, he asked to see me about it. Well, he had, his stepdaughter had told me that the same thing happened to her was the first girl I was talking about. And uh, so I talked to him for a while, and I said, well, let me tell you one thing. If you ever touch your stepdaughter again, I said, I'm going to bring a baseball bat, and the only way they'll identify you is by your dental records. And he says, well, that's not very Christian. I says, I don't care. I said, I think God would help me. You know, you abusing a kid? No way, it just doesn't happen. You know? And uh, he says, well, that's not very good. And I said, well, what's not very good is I say, when you get up to leave here, I said, I have to call the authorities and let them know what you've done. So you better make up your mind where you're going afterwards. He went home, packed his bags, and left and never came back. Ah, beats a baseball bat. And I know that sounds terrible, and I don't care. I'll, maybe they'll never ask me to preach. I don't know. But all I know is this. Our kids are abused. And there's more than you can ever imagine. And it's not just abusing physically, it's mentally. You know? And it's how you treat the kids and how you talk to the kids that really matters. I remember I, remember I used to start the class. We had two, two kids in, the, in, in our class that, had, that were autistic in our, our, our class of 20. And I would start out the class going, we have two people in here who have a, a disease, and they're not very, you know, you know, they're going to stand out, okay? And uh, I said, and so just, you know, we have to, you know, learn how to tolerate certain things and, you know, and help out certain people and stuff. And I said, um, one of them is Connor. I don't know if you remember, but I said, one of them is Connor because he's ADHD. And I said, and I am ADD. So while you're talking to us, you us for about two minutes, and then we're somewhere else. And I, you know, we might be, you know, just staring at you and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ice cream and cake. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, everybody else was looking at the kids who had autism. And I said, oh, yeah, we have two kids with autism also. And the class went perfect because we have flaws, and we recognized our flaws. He's just making a kid a little bit more worthy, you know? That's what you do. And all the kids got along. All of us got along. We weren't like adults talking behind people's back. We talked to their face. That's the way it was. But I remember one night, it was like a madhouse down there. Absolutely crazy. And uh, so I told uh, my, the, the helper that was uh, down with me, uh, Amanda Dalloway, I said, go turn off the lights. She said, what? I said, go turn off the lights. And when you turned off, it was in the winter, so when you turned off the lights, it was black. You couldn't see anything. Your hand in front of your face, no, you couldn't see anything. And anyway, I said, all right, I want each one of you guys to tell me who God is. The first little kid says, God is the one in the cafeteria who sits at the table that nobody will sit with. And I says, well, I'm a little weird, but that's okay. He says, no, 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 no. He says, God is the one who goes up to the kid who is sitting in the table and sits and talks with him. I said, oh, yeah, that's God. And another little girl says, we live behind a uh, cemetery. And she says, sometimes mom and dad aren't home when I get out of school. And she said, I'm scared. And I says, well, what happens? And she says, I start praying. And like all my fear goes away. I said, that's who God is to me. I went, wow. And then this one girl. And she was, I don't know, she was kind of flighty. But I loved her more than a hog loves slop. And uh, she says, God to me is like, I'm a kite. And God's the wind, and he holds me up and makes me dance. That's the way it's supposed to be. God is the one that holds us up and makes us dance, and dance crazy, and I'm telling you, that's why I love kids. They get it. And they get it right there and right there, you know. Um, I told the first, th this is nothing like the first service, trust me. Uh, but I told them about uh, Jan and I's sickness. And uh, Jan had a um, aneurysm, two aneurysms. And uh, 
she finally had to have surgery. And uh, they said because she was getting old. <laughs> I thought, oh, Lord, <laughs> you're lucky you didn't get smacked, <laughs> that poor doctor. <laughs> anyway, she... She went in and uh, uh, into the hospital for the first one. He said it'll be 45 minutes. We'll have her down and out after we, we have to fill the first aneurysm in the back, and then we'll come back in a month and get the other one. So they, uh, they, he went in and did it. But instead of taking 45 minutes, it took two hours and 30 minutes because they, had, they were having problems getting the coils because they go in through the, you know, the groin, and they go up with the wires, and they put them up into her brain and put these coils in. And uh, then they put a tube over it. And uh, uh, they said, but, you know, she's okay. But the thing about it was two hours and 35 minutes. After the 45, if 46 minutes, I was worried, you know, just like look, looking after my kids, I was worried. You know, my wife isn't back yet. And I thought, hmm. So I waited a while longer. Then I started bargaining with God. God, if you bring back my wife and she's okay, I swear, you know, I will serve you for, well, you're already serving me, you numbskull, you know. So, okay, but I'll do anything you want me to. Let it be me instead of her you know, and everything. And our friend kept calling, kept calling, kept calling and texting me, is she out yet? Is she out yet? Finally, she wrote, go check with the nurse's station and find out if she's out. So I went out to the nurse's station. She said, yeah, they're in, she's in recovery. She'll be right in. I said, well, I take back all of that other stuff I said. <laughs> so the thing about it was, she came out okay, but during the second one, the next month, um, when they were putting the uh, coiling up to her brain, uh, something broke off and went back to the back of her brain and caused her to have a stroke. And uh, they said the surgery was successful, the coils are in, but she had a stroke. She couldn't see from here to here. Uh, she uh, couldn't talk. She couldn't walk hardly. She forgot her children's name, Jennifer and Shannon and Ken. She forgot their names. She forgot, you know, couldn't remember, you know, anything. And she, she, she couldn't understand people talking because it was all jumbled up. Like uh, I would say, you know, go pick up the ball, and she would hear ball pick up the, you know. And so, you know, it scared me to death. And uh, they said, well, she's had a stroke, and uh, we're going to keep her overnight, and then uh, we'll send her home tomorrow, and then she'll have to go through uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, uh, speech therapy and ocular therapy. Uh, and I said, okay, and took her home on Wednesday, and uh, she can get better. And uh, 
shoot. Come Friday, uh, she had another stroke and got worse. So I took her to the hospital and they said, she's had another stroke and uh, she's going to have to be in for a while. So they kicked me out of the hospital at midnight. And uh, I didn't sleep that much, but I prayed a lot. And uh, I went back up on Saturday, and she's sitting up in bed. I go, are you okay? She went, yeah, perfect. <laughs> and that was her word, perfect. I said, so you can talk? Yep, know everything that's going on. I can write my name. I can uh, tell time. I can watch TV. Uh, there's Shannon, Jennifer, and Ken. That's our children, our grandchildren. She went through everything. I said, you can see? Yep, like an eagle. And I went, you got to be kidding me. So the, these three neurologists walk in, and they go, so uh, we're going to have to keep her three or four more days. And I went, no, no, she's healed. Don't worry about it. And they went, what? I said, don't. She needs to go home. I said, call her surgeon, because we knew her surgeon. And he said, send her home. So she came home, went back to physical therapy on Tuesday. She went home on Saturday, went to physical therapy. And the physical therapist did a full evaluation on her. And she said, now, how long ago was it that you had your strokes? And she said, Saturday. And they said, how long ago Saturday? How many Saturdays away? And she said, last. <laughs> and they went, no, you're not understanding. How long ago was it that you had your strokes? She said, Uh, three. <laughs> and they went, no. They said, there's nothing the matter with you. We've given you a full checkout. There's nothing the matter with you. She says, well, God healed me, I guess. And the woman goes, well, I guess he did. <laughs> you know, She went to see the surgeon, which is the best, because he's a non-believer. And <laughs> she goes, he goes, how are you, Jan? You know, and <laughs> she goes, well, God healed me. I'm okay. <laughs> she says, do you believe in God? He goes, I believe in a higher power. She said, yes, and his name is God. <laughs> and she got out. She went home and started gardening immediately because that's her thing, you know? And then we went to Florida. Isn't that special? <laughs> and in Florida, I lasted until January, and I had this headache, and it wouldn't go away. So finally, I went to the, what was it? Oh, med, med service. Med service. And that I said, I think I have a sinus headache. They gave me some pills and said, but you might want to get checked out by a hospital. I said, oh, I know, I know. 
It's a sinus infection. So the next day we took our daughter back to, to, or to the airport and she flew out and I drove to the hospital. And I said, I just got this nasty headache. And I said, I'm pretty sure it's just a sinus infection. And they said, well, we'll check it out. And after sitting six to eight hours in the uh, ER, or, uh, ER uh, I uh, uh, had a CT scan done. And the doctor uh, said, uh, well, you don't have a sinus infection. I went, yeah. He says, you have a brain bleed. So what's a brain bleed? You just put a Band-Aid on it and send me home, that's all. He goes, no, we're going to have to do surgery. And so uh, they did the first surgery, but they said uh, I had a membrane in there that was 21 millimeters wide, and it moved my brain. 21 millimeters, and uh, they said, we haven't had too many people that lived with this, and he said, so we're going to have to remove your skull and do some work on you, and uh, so they did, and uh, finished that surgery, put me back down into ICU. Two days later, I had a uh, annual, what was it? Seizure. And uh, I have to ask because I'm still healing, so I have to ask th things. And so uh, a seizure, so they rushed me back up to surgery, and I had another, they did the same surgery, same one. And so, just had two surgeries uh, because it was a blood clot that was caught back here. And uh, so they, they were not, every time the doc, a doctor would walk in or a team of doctors would walk in, they would say, we don't understand why you're alive. I'd go, well, thank you. I appreciate that and <laughs> your medical abilities, you know. And uh, I started healing, and I went to um, uh, PT, the PT floor, you know, physical therapy floor, and they started working me, good people of physical therapy. Anyway, uh, probably the second or third day in, I started walking, and I couldn't breathe and I was gasping for air, so they just took me upstairs and put me back into bed. And the nurse of the floor walked in, saw me, ran out and grabbed the phone and called the doctor and says, we have to get Mr. Siddell down and get a CT scan. There's something to matter and it ain't because he's tired. And he said, get him down there now. So they took me down. I had 11 blood clots in my lung and a bunch of them in my legs. And uh, they said, you're lucky, we're, you know, you're lucky we caught it. Most people don't make it through this. And uh, because I just had brain surgery, we couldn't do the surgery to fix the lungs. So they had a special surgeon there, cardiologist, that used the wires to go up through 
and they pulled out every one of the blood, blood clots in my lungs, and the second surgery was done, and they pulled them out of my legs. And uh, slowly but surely, I am healing because we mentioned it to the church and to our friends, and uh, we figured that there were about um, 2,000, 1,000, uh, it was 1,500 people that we knew, that we knew who were praying for me to stay alive. You know, that's the type of God we serve. You know? And uh, I tell you the story about the kids because the first person who called me in the hospital to see how I was doing uh, was a kid from this church. They wanted to know how Pastor Dinden was doing. That's the greatest thing in the world, people. These kids. They love, and they love to be loved, and they love to be talked to instead of talked down to. They love to be encouraged instead of being mashed down. And, you know, we're just here to help. And there's one person that you fall in love with these kids. I don't care what anybody says, you know. I was there when those two were born. Right there, the wood girls. I was there when they were born. And uh, that was the coolest thing in the world. But there was a girl that I met at a wedding. And I literally fell in love with this girl. And uh, it got down to where, you know, the, the couples meet in the center and then walk down, you know, the bridesmaid and the groomsmen and everything, and they walked down the center aisle, you know, and stuff like that. And she didn't have anybody to walk with. So I said, Macy, would you walk with me, or do you want to skip? <laughs> and she said, skip. <laughs> now, this has been a few years ago, but Macy is sitting right back here in the back. <laughs> She's waving. And I can't tell you how proud I am of that young lady. I know she was written up in the newspaper not too long ago about saving a life. Uh, and uh, I'm telling you, her and I have been friends ever since. And um, you know, to me it's still all about the kids. And it's about you know showing love and having the love show back. And I think the parents, for all the prayers that you gave me and my wife. And uh, this church really held us up. And uh, I just, I can't tell you how much I love you people. I can't tell you how much I love you because it goes deep. And when we came back to uh, church, we said, I said, Jam, where do you want to go? You know? And she says, well, I want to go back to North. And I said, why? And she said, because our family's there. And uh, I had people like Mary and um, uh, Roy's wife. 
having another lapse. Uh, Roy's wife. <laughs> Just a minute as I go ask my wife. <laughs> yeah. Roy's wife. Roy's wife. Norman. I'm sorry. Norma. <laughs> I'm sorry I forgot your name. <laughs> but we belong in church. We belong with groups. We do. Because it's amazing when I phone or made phone calls or when I got the phone calls, I could feel the love and the concern. And because of all of the concern from the kids, because I would hear from kids, I went out and I put my picture, I got pictures of me underneath a shark with my head up inside the shark's mouth <laughs> and told them that I got shark bit. <laughs> so they wouldn't worry. And then all of the adults wrote back and said, he's back. <laughs> so, but I just wanted to thank all of you and I can jump up here. Like I said, this was just a scattering. I had a I had a full sermon, didn't hardly say anything from it, so should be happy about that too. <laughs> so